Life in all its myriad forms cover the jewel of the solar system, Earth. The planet we call home boasts an amazing array of flora and fauna, with the dominant species, us, perched atop the global food chain. But is that perch as secure as we believe it to be? And as we look down, do we truly see all that exists in the shadow of the pedestal of our own creation? Or does hubris blind us to that which we cannot easily see? There are those who say winged creatures glide through moonlit skies or glare from the darkness with crimson eyes. Are the plaster cast footprints filling display cases in museums around the globe proof of the existence of the creature indigenous people of North America named Sasquatch in bygone days? Or are they all part of an elaborate hoax perpetrated against an all too often gullible society? And are we justified in embracing the evidence of eyewitness accounts and other evidence, or equally justified in denying that any new thing could be discovered under the burning light of day or the cool rays of a full moon? Are cryptids such as Mothman and Bigfoot actual living creatures, or do they only haunt the fertile forests and fields that border the pathways leading through the shadows of legend? Hello, this is Charlie Romans. Today we're talking with Jeff Walmsley. Jeff is the founder of the Mothman Museum in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and he's the showrunner host of the annual Mothman Festival. So, Jeff, the big question is, when is it? We always have it on the third full weekend of September. Well, we have ever since we started. It's always the first actual full weekend, so it hits on the 16th and 17th this year. Now, on that subject, let's, uh, if you don't care, let's uh, step back a little bit. When did you start the Mothman Museum, and, and how has it evolved over the years? The festival or the museum? The museum, because I'm the assuming it's The museum uh, started in 2006, yes. okay? And the, the catalyst for the museum was uh, I had amassed a collection of archives, newspaper clippings, a lot of stuff from some of the original witnesses that, mm-hmm. that they passed on to me. Uh, movie props from the motion picture, you know, with with Richard Gere. Yes. Uh, so we had all that stuff, and we thought, you know, hey, it'd be cool to have something maybe on on the weekends, you know, to open Saturday and Sunday for people that are coming to town. Because at that time, people were were coming to town to see the statue. We had no museum or anything, so that's how that came about. So and, the statue predates the museum. Yeah, the statue was put up in two thousand and three. Okay. So. That, that kind of worked out. We went from being open, you know, just on a Saturday and a Sunday to seven days a week now. So, And the hours of the museum is, is 10 to 5? 10 to 5 on uh, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 6 on Fridays and Saturdays, and noon to 5 on Sundays. Okay. Yeah, so that's important now in case people want to come right. up and check it out. And we have a website, mothmanmuseum.com. Facebook page and all that, that has all yeah. the information. And we're open uh, all, all year round except for the four major holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, and one other one, no. <laughs> New Year's Day, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the, New Year's Day is typically a, a, a dead day. Anyway, right, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> people are celebrating out of bed. <laughs> yeah. <years. laughs> You'd be surprised, though. I mean, people... We could actually be open 24-7 and people would still come in, you know. Well, see, you know, the interesting thing that, that I think about the museum, the museum's grown, and it's still just $5 to walk through it. 
Yeah, we've, we've not raised the price that much since we, we opened. And, um, you know, we try to keep it affordable, you know, for people when they come in. And it's, it's worked. I mean, you know, we get, we get a lot of people that come through the museum. And, and then we offer a, uh, a military discount, you know, for people to have their ID and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, uh, we've expanded the museum some in the last year, added a new media room. And uh, opened the Point Pleasant Trading Company, our other sister store beside of the museum, so okay. it's easy to get to it. So now, uh, as, as far as the items you have for sale, I mean, these are are just uh, Mothman related things. Yeah, in the museum, mo most everything is Mothman, Men in Black, maybe, maybe a little bit of UFO stuff. Now, in the Trading Company, then we also have the Bunker Three Hundred Four store, which mm -hmm. has a lot of alien stuff. But, I see. Trading company, we go big with uh, obviously the more Mothman stuff, Bigfoot, uh, Flatwoods Monster. You know, uh, she's even got some um, Nessie stuff in there. You know, a little bit of everything, uh, quirky stuff. Yeah, and typically when people are interested in cryptids, which is technically what Mothman would be qualified right, as, right, right, they're interested in the possibility of all of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who comes in the museum or the trading company or whatever that's in the, in the, you know, uh, Mothman or whatever, usually has an interest in a lot of that stuff, you know. It's it's hard not to, really, because well, it's all kind of related. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, it, it, it's like its own version of pop culture. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's a good way to put it. But now in the museum, uh, uh, speaking of uh, it being expanded and everything, you go in there, and I've been to there numerous times, but there's actually uh, artifacts from the Silver Bridge package yeah. in there. Yeah. And there's the, I've seen behind glass, you can't touch mm -hmm. it, the original uh, handwritten accounts right. and, and the original newspaper articles. Yeah, that's that all one of a kind. You, you yeah. won't find those anywhere in the world. But the Silver Bridge stuff we tagged in because it's part of the, the history of Point Pleasant. And it all happened at the same time as the Mothman sightings. Now, we're not mm -hmm. saying that that's what caused the bridge to fall. Uh, my dad had collected all of the newspaper articles. The, he took eight millimeter home movie footage of all that, and it's uh, you'll never just find that laying around in you know somewhere. It's no, it's all historical no, data. And uh, there, uh, and I've noticed talking to people interested in cryptids and, and the paranormal that there's there's kind of two separate groups. Sometimes they blend, but yeah. usually. Uh, there's two groups. One group just comes in anything about it, right? Yeah. And another group comes in and they want as much factual information yeah. as they can possibly can. Yeah. Well, those police reports you were talking about, uh, that was from the first official sighting here, November fifteenth, nineteen sixty-six. You had the two young couples, and we have three of the four. I see. Uh, we're, we did not. Uh, Linda Scarberry supplied those. And I see. She had hers, Roger Scarberry's, and Mary Mallets. Steve Mallets, she did not have. But oh. the story behind what that was is when they went to the sheriff's department, they had to sit down in separate rooms yes. and write their account. Well, that's typical police procedure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and that's what happened. And if you read those, they're all identical as far as description and stuff. You know, and, and on that subject, this may sound like I'm, I'm uh, getting off on a tangent. But you remember when you were in school, and your, your school teacher, retired yeah, school yeah. teacher, how they, they did the experiment, you whisper something to somebody, and, yeah, whisper, yeah. and by the time it gets back, it's totally different. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the police officers do that, because they, they don't want you to have time to get your story Exactly, started. yeah. They wanted to see if, if that was an airtight uh, uh, description, 
and to the point where they wouldn't sit there, well, hey, write this down. Let's all write this. You know, they had to sit down and do it separately and stuff. So. Yes, and it would be virtually impossible for them to have gotten their stories that close right, together. Right, Unless that they quickly. all seen the same thing. You yeah, know. unless that's actually what they yeah. had happened to them. Yes. Right. And that type of thing itself is fascinating because you uh, get to touch a little bit uh, of the proof behind the... Uh, uh, the hubbub, for lack right. of a better put it. Right, yeah, you get to see the real deal. You know, the people that were actually there, you know, when they saw it. And uh, Now, on that subject, and I'll jump ahead here a little bit, mm -hmm. you are going to have some of the eyewitnesses this year well, at yeah. the festival, yes. Yeah, Faye, Faye uh, Leeport, um, she was, she's on a lot of the documentaries. She was around 12 years old when her and her brothers were up there riding around and it flew up by their car. They went to the, the North Power Plant and saw it on top of the building. Linda Sigmund, is, uh, she, she's uh, new this year. She's, I've known her for several years and stuff. And she was young too. I think she might have been 15 or 16. And she saw something across the river in Canalga, which is over where the, the bridge came off, um, and in the field over there. Yes. And uh, so she's gonna tell by her account and stuff. So. It'd she has a new book coming out too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we definitely need to talk to her. And get yeah, yeah. You might. I can yeah. give her, get you to her information if you want to Absolutely. interview her. Absolutely, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'd like to speak to both of them. Okay. And if possible beforehand, because okay. uh, it's a nightmare to do this while the convention. Yeah, going on. yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do. But uh, okay. So now I just want to clarify that before I forgot, because that's important information. That uh, festival goers would be interested in, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Talk to the person who knows, right? And was there? Yeah, yeah. But now the first Mothman festival, how did that happen? First festival, like I said, was in two thousand and three. Uh, Carolyn Harris, the late Carolyn Harris, who had the little diner down the street here. I had a record store at that time, uh, Criminal Records, right here on the corner. We we sat around. We thought, you know, it'd be nice just to have a little, uh, you know, like a little Mothman conference or just to see what would happen. Yeah. First one we had in November, and we had it in, indoors. So I think we had about 500 people show up, and we didn't advertise it. You know, social media really wasn't that prominent at that right. time. Uh, but then after that, it just grew and grew and grew each year. You know, now we missed 2020 and 21 because of COVID. Yeah, that, that was a kick in the teeth to yeah. a lot of yeah. businesses, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it continues to just gather people from all over the world that come to Point Pleasant and it's pretty crazy. Yes, you know, I've been following your social media. My mm -hmm. wife's been following it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it's blown up. It doesn't seem like the interest has paled even no. the slightest. No. And, and in fact, I would say the exact opposite. They want more of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, from those small beginnings, what did you start adding in? I, I, the, some of the mechanics of how this grew. Because I know now it covers the entire downtown yeah. Point Pleasant. Well, basically, that's what we had to do is increase the, you know, the, the, the layout map. Um, we started having the bands, the entertainment play at the Riverfront stage. Uh, the guest speakers, uh, we, we used this, the State Theater for a while. It's in really poor shape now. So we've had to move the, those around a little bit. Parking has just grown to be a, an issue. Yes, I noticed last year there yeah. was, well, and, and that speaks well of the festival, that yeah. there are so many people. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, you know, downtown Point Pleasant wasn't really built to accommodate that many people, but, you know, what do you do? You can't, you can't 
uh, we don't want to do a, a paid event, you know, where you have tickets to get in. Right, know. yes. We started off as a free festival, and that's the way it'll stay. <laughs> See, and that, that's a, an excellent point there, because to come to the festival, basically, you're just out the gas money to get here. Yeah. And then yep. you walk and It's all free. The guest speakers are free. The, the entertainment's free. You know, you'll have to get something to eat. You might have to pay a little parking fee somewhere. Yeah. And your hotel, if you're out of town. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've, we've kept it the same every year. So that's what we're planning on doing. You know, I, I never really wanted to do a paid event. Well, I mean, it, it has its own challenges. Right, yeah. Uh, and plus, a lot of the people that uh, might otherwise come couldn't afford it. Right. Right. So, uh, did you ever think it get this big? Now, I knew it would grow. I just never figured it would get to the point where you know it would basically shut the town down and have traffic clear out Route Thirty Five for oh, a yeah. while. But again, that is that that just tells you how many people like to come here, you know. And we had talked before, and I had asked you this question: What do you think the fascination is with this? Well, I think with the festival, it's several things. Number one, it's, it's a nice kind of a reunion for a lot of people every year. Mm -hmm. It's like going back to a family reunion because we have a lot of the same vendors. Those vendors don't want to give up their spots. They come back every year. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, you and see pe people names. see them, and they know where they're going to be, mm -hmm. and they get to come back and see them. They get to see people that have the same interests. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a very well-behaved crowd. You know, We don't have any issues with that. Um, Very family friendly, right? And it's family friendly, and, and we don't uh, have any problems with that. Uh, but um, I just think it's just still the mystery of the unknown. I mean, you know, people have all their different theories and different outlooks on everything, and they like to talk to like people. It's just like going to Sturgis. Yes, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, everybody there, they what? go there for that biker rally <laughs> because they all have something in common. You know? Right. It's just like, and now I was thinking about when you spoke about cars earlier. Yeah. Car guys go to car shows. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, but, but you have the, the curious onlookers who yes. show up too. You know, some people come to festivals like, I never heard of this thing, but I was curious about it. I want to come and see, you know. Well, and, and I have noticed that myself as I'm going in and out of the crowd, you know, and I interview people and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And you can see people who really got, truly believe right. that, uh, that Mothman was something behind, besides a sandhill crane. Right, right. And uh, then you have people like, well, maybe, maybe not. And then some people are just, well, it's just fun. I know, yeah. So. You know, you have different degrees. Absolutely, much, yeah. yeah. And uh, I know, uh, uh, you're, well, it was before COVID. I'd come up here and I bought three or four of those. The lady was selling these little marbles with uh, eyes and wings on them mm -hmm. and everything bought those for some of my co-workers yeah. and that was uh, they really enjoyed it they yeah yeah stuff yeah and, and like i said you know it's you have different degrees different opinions on all of it it's just like anything else I mean, oh you yeah know. and i noticed that there's a lot you mentioned uh, the lady had a book coming out earlier i noticed a lot of writers are up here mm -hmm. yeah uh, people writing on on every subject from mothman sasquatch uh aliens lock monster yeah. everything yeah, because it's all the unexplained, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think the Mothman story will ever be solved. I mean, you know, there was so many people that saw it, and you do talk to people, and they'll say, well, it was a giant bird. It was the biggest bird i ever seen. 
other people said it was not a bird, it was a man, it had wings, you know, and stuff like that. So, right. well, you know, I mean, we interpret things based on our, our current knowledge, right? Right, yeah. So, uh, and I, I've used this example before uh, if you're driving down the road 55 miles an hour and you see something on the side of the road, as long as it's not running out in front of your car, you kind of ignore it. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot could be standing on the side of the road, and right? You didn't yeah. get a clear look, right? Yeah, you, you just oh, it's this. Or you see something out in the field, a dark shape, oh, it's just a deer, it's, you know, a yeah. dog or something like that. Right. But it's, it's once you start actually looking for things. Exactly, yeah. Them. Right. But I've seen people set up here, speaking of Bigfoot, with plaster casts and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they come. And, uh, you know, it, but it's a fun festival. I've never heard anybody complain that it wasn't fun. No, I, I, we don't get hardly any negative comments. We get a few comments about the parking. Well, I mean, that's uh, and the congestion, kind of, the traffic, yeah. and that, you know, that's to be understood. You know. Yeah. On that subject, though, you do run shuttles, correct? Well, we did a few years back. Okay. Um, uh, what we do is we tell people there's optional parking out Cradell Park. Okay. Now, there's been a few private entities come in and run shuttles, but we okay. we don't announce anything. They they just show up. Oh. You know what I mean, if they do, that yeah. way we're not. We're not put in a pigeonhole saying, well, you said there'd be shuttles there. You know, last well, year. Well, I can was, understand that. because you know, We just warn everybody that you, you may be walking. Right. You know? Because <laughs> if, if you're, <laughs> if you guarantee shuttles. No. Service, and then we did people, that a few years ago. People get stuck in traffic because yeah. shuttles are car too. The shuttle know? gets caught in traffic just like the cars. Yeah. And then you, uh, they miss a. There's, a, there's no a, alternate a route for the shuttles. Or at least when we did it before, you know. Right. So. so do you still do the tours of the TNT? Yeah, we do. We I, we release a bus, a 50-passenger bus for that. Okay. And those are all sold out, as a matter of fact. Well, now, uh, for the sake of people who may not know anything about the TNT area, give me a little background on that. Well, the TNT area, back during World War II, after the beginning of the war, the government came in and bought up all that land and created a military installation where they manufactured explosives and bombs for World War II. Then when the war ended in 1945, they just left everything up there. All the buildings, the structures, the, the igloos, the bunkers. And of course, by the time the 60s rolled around, and probably even the 50s, it's just where people would go, drag race, lover's lane. Oh yeah, there's of no stuff. traffic, there's no, no security, nothing like that. No, there's a perfectly straight road to drag race on, and that's what a lot of the people who saw this thing were, they were up there in the TNT area. Mm. Uh, Police wouldn't bother them up that far up or, or whatever. And to this day, it's still a uh, wildlife preserve, bird sanctuary type thing. But now a lot of that complex is underground. Some of it is, yeah, because they buried a lot of stuff when the war ended and everything. But there's still a few structures still standing. Well, the reason I mention it is because a lot of the, the cryptid lore uh, indicates that they uh, visit cave complexes. And this would yeah. be a man-made cave complex, so it doesn't... It, it tracks that people would see something yeah, like yeah. Mothman there. Yeah, it's a perfect uh, environment for something like that. You know, you used to have the North Power Plant, which is a big three-story tall building. You know, the, they, the locals here call it the birdhouse, you know, because yeah. they thought this was a big bird perching on top. They tore it down probably 30-some years ago. Well, now, uh, not to support or detract from it, but... Uh, I think uh, a lot of people don't realize just how big our larger birds are. Right, right. I was driving a little Ford Ranger pickup once, and a buzzard jumped out of a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hit the brakes, and he tried to hit the brakes. 
but he just hit the top of my windshield and the wings wrapped all the way around the front of this truck. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, it's huge, but that's still not the height of a man. No, no. And most people describe the wingspan of about 10 to 12 feet. Yes, and this was nowhere near that, more yeah. like you know, eight feet, maybe at tops. Right, right. If it was a bird, and it could very well have been a bird, it was a, it was a very abnormally sized bird. Yes. Yeah. And uh, birds typically don't do this, but I know reptiles will grow as large as a food supply yeah. allows. Yeah. But yeah, maybe there's some kind of weird bird out there that can well, just grow as big as Well, people thought it was the TNT and maybe had some uh, leftover waste, hazardous waste. That caused bird. mutations. Yeah, that, that was one of the theories that you always hear. There's a bird that got into some of the, uh, the waste up there and deformed and flew around, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. and, and that, you know, so many things are possible. Right, right, yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it, too. There's a lot of different... Uh, angles and options that people take you know and you know people have uh, you know, their own belief system yeah yeah so uh you just have to let them believe what they believe right right <coughs> and i try not to uh judge anyone harshly because you could tell me you had uh dinner last night with bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster mm-hmm. i wouldn't know i wouldn't know right right so <laughs> <laughs> but uh I always like to hear eyewitness accounts. And I, another thing, too, that I, I think is wonderful about this festival, you, you, you walk through here, and, and you overhear bits and pieces of conversations, and mm-hmm. people are so excited, and they're talking about this and that and the other. And, and it, it's just a good, fun time. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it gives everybody the option to meet new people and meet old friends and come back and see the vendors that they really like, you know. I know one year for the newspaper, I interviewed these guys, uh, the Grumpy Peddlers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually my stepdad. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, that was a, a really good interview, and everybody was stopping to check out those yeah, bikes. Yeah, they still have them. Are they yeah, going to be He just bought year? two new ones. Uh, awesome. Well, they haven't been bringing them down because of the amount of people downtown there. It's just uh, yeah. hard to get in and yeah. get out. Yeah, you know? it is. You'd have to get here before everyone, yeah. which is a challenge, and then that stage will have to run left. Yeah, and a lot of them guys have gravitated towards cars now, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And my stepdad, he's, he's just got a, a 55 uh, Chevy, hmm. and uh, but he has the bikes. They still have the bikes. Oh, yeah. And some of them will ride down through here, you know, when it's not so crowded and stuff. Well, I mean, it's nice at something like that. I mean, obviously, if you buy a 55 Chevy, for instance, yeah, that's not your daily drive. No, no, no. No, his could be though. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a nice one, but you know, you're you're a little afraid with that many people. It's so back to the festival itself here. Mm-hmm. I know every year you try to add in things. Mm-hmm. So, what's the big draw this year? Do you think? Well, I think a lot of it is you know we haven't changed a lot. We've taken on a few new vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, the guest speakers are down in the uh, the senior citizen center now. Okay. which is a bigger venue than we had last year. Last year we used our, the trading company location, which is open now, so we can't use it. Um, we have uh, you know bands both days. Uh, we've taken on a few new food vendors and stuff. So we, we you know, gradually add stuff. So yeah, th- those are the main things. It's uh, following the same format, but we try to ease in a few new vendors when we can, things like that. And I'm assuming by this point all your bedroom spaces are sold yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, they're sold out usually, you know, by January or whatever. Oh, so you know, that, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's interesting to know, and, and you pointed it out, that most people wouldn't know that. 
No, time. we get a lot of emails and calls, and people get a little aggravated because they, I've been waiting for two, three years. It's like we just tell them, we say, look, look these vendors have been coming here for 10, 15 years, some of them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give their spot up, and we no, only have no. so many allotted spots that we can use. Right. So it's just like trying to get into a restaurant when all the tables are full. You just, you know, if something opens up, that's fine. But we have had no problem filling vendor spots. No, and and uh, part of it, I guess, is loyalty, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, they're part of the festival. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, you know, we keep the fees reasonable and stuff. You know, we don't gouge them or anything. But now, uh, you could just, there's so much to do, and, and there's a lot of stuff to buy. Yeah. But like you said, there's a lot of free stuff that you know you're here yeah. listening to the speakers and stuff. But also to the shops downtown on Main Street, that was one of the reasons we started the festival. You got all kinds of, of really cool stores here on Main Street, and uh, you know the vendors are here, but you also have the main businesses here. You know you've got bookstores, jewelry stores, uh, gift shops, restaurants. Uh, their new River Museum is supposed to be open by the time the festival rolls around. So yeah. that's a big draw, too. That'd definitely be interesting to check out. Yeah. I know before I leave, I will go down the block and get a Mothman coffee before mm-hmm. I leave. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know, you may want to come back up sometime and talk to uh, McCormick, Mr. McCormick. He's the head of the New River Museum. Oh, see, that would be excellent. Yeah, and yeah. you could get his take on everything. Oh, yeah, that'd be I'll great. I'll put you in touch with him. Please do. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, if you're just going to say something to the public about the museum and the festival, what would it be? I know that's an open-ended question. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, we, we appreciate all the support, you know, mm-hmm. the people coming back every year, year-round. I mean, the yeah. museum's open year-round. Uh, the festival, we hope that, you know, everybody uh, enjoys it, which I'm, I'm sure they will. But, you know, we have, you know, the new escape room and then the mini golf, which will be open probably in late fall, mid-fall. So that's an addition to everything well, let's, here. Let's talk a little bit about those. What, what about the escape room? Give me a breakdown on that, if you don't mind. Well, that, the Mothman 66 escape room. Okay. Uh, we've been working on it almost over three years right now. Mm-hmm. That's directly above the museum. I see. Okay, now that's more than one room. You pay mm-hmm. one fee, but you pretty much got to get through three rooms. So it's I not see. just one room. And, you know, we, uh, we have some... some um, tech stuff up there that's pretty cool you know I, I think it's it's on a scale of easy to really hard it's kind of right in the middle okay. as far as playing levels or whatever so challenging but yeah, yeah, possible. yeah yeah so we're excited about that and then above the trading company which is right beside the, the museum above which this this building here was a department store back in the day so yes we had about five thousand square feet upstairs and so we hired a company to come in and they fabricate uh it's uh it'll be in a mothman uh, blacklight mini golf and it'll be nine holes Mm -hmm. um the company's out of st louis Mm -hmm. it's called blacklight attractions and uh what they do is fabricate everything there they're putting the carpet in this week and then they come in and build it but it has everything from you know, the Men in Black, the TNT area, the Mothman, you know, it's going to be pretty cool. I think people will like that. See, now, since it, uh, is it uh, enclosed or is it? Is it is enclosed, okay. yeah. It's upstairs, yeah. and you go from one room to the other. Well, one of the, one of the reasons I ask, because you're talking about black light, well, mm-hmm. you know, in order for that to work, it would have to be enclosed or it would have to be actually after dark. The whole upstairs is black lighted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we put, I can't remember how many black light bulbs up. 
So See, that would be wonderful to have pictures of, but I'm, I'm not sure it would translate well. Right, right, and yeah. That's one case where a picture doesn't even do justice to no. the physical you know, presence. There. No, this is, uh, it'll be, you go from like, like several rooms in the layout and they're fabricated walls with scenery and black light um, reactive and all that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about seeing. So since these are, are kind of separated, is there a fee for each of these? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there'll be a fee for the uh, reservations for the escape room, and then uh, we'll we'll keep the fee uh, uh, affordable for that golf because there'll be a lot of families and stuff. Oh you know? yeah, definitely. It won't be any higher than what it would be if you went to the beach or right Gatlinburg or whatever. Of course, that might be higher there than it would be here. And I'm uh, assuming that all of these will be posted on your website. Oh yeah, well. yeah, yeah. We've got website pages, uh, websites, and Facebook pages for. The festival, the museum, the escape room, the golf, <laughs> you know. Now, one thing that, that occurred to me here, I was going to ask you, do, uh, like in a lot of these conventions, and I've seen people here dress up in amazing yeah. costumes, do you have like a cosplay contest or anything like that? Uh, we tried to have a, a costume contest at one year, and it just got to the point where it was just hard to coordinate it. So we just, people just dress up and show up, you know. I mean, Star Wars people come, the Ghostbusters oh, yeah. people, and monsters eh, you know uh, you see a little bit of everything so it's just it, you know we, we get a little short staffed as far as trying to coordinate stuff oh i understand it Every, everything requires organization yeah, yeah and people <laughs> and manpower and stuff so but people are well more than welcome to just oh, yeah. dress up as long as it's good taste and stuff you know oh, not, yeah, not right. offensive or anything yeah. well because he's family friendly right right yes, yes yeah okay well I, I think that gives us a good bird's eye view on the festival okay Let's go back to the, the, the paranormal aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Now, you know all these people. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure by this point you've formulated a pretty good idea of what you think Mothman is. Probably not. I mean, you know, it's Or, it's or is tough. it just so much information yeah, that's it is, changing? Yeah, it is. You know, because I've had people tell me, say, well, it was, a, it was an enormous bird that I saw. And Linda told me, she said, what we saw was a man. You know, it wasn't a sandhill crane or anything like that. I had an interesting conversation last a couple weeks ago with a guy named Gary Northup. Okay. So Gary Northup is in his 80s now. He was the guy who owned Tiny's Drive-In, okay. which is where all the kids hung out. Yeah. That's where Linda and Mary and uh, Roger and all of them worked. Right. You know, the little hamburger joint. Which, you know, if you read anything about the Mothman, you'll hear about Tiny's Drive-In and stuff. Yes. So the night that that happened, that's the first place that they stopped. They didn't want to tell anybody, you know, they were scared. Yeah. So I had a chance to talk to him a few weeks ago, you know. And I asked him, point blank, I said, you know, he said, look, I knew all them kids, they all worked for me. And I said, what, is your, what are your thoughts on it? He said, they wouldn't get out of the car. When they pulled in that parking lot, he said, we couldn't get them out of the car. They were scared. And I said, do you think they were making it up? And he said, absolutely not. He said, I knew every one of them, and I'm the one who called the sheriff's department. He said they, they didn't want to call the police. See, that's one of the things that's always stuck in me with it, when people comment on this encounter and try to uh, blow it off as if, as if it were just a bird or something like right, that. Right, yeah. Now, the startle factor, yeah. But, but the terrifying factor yeah. to it. Well, it came over their car when they were coming back down 62, Route 62. But he told me, he said, I, I knew there was something wrong because he said I'd never seen them 
acting like that, you know. Well, see, and that, that's what I was getting at because you know, something like that would startle somebody, but they'd get over it. Right, quick. right, right. And so. and if they would have just been laughing and joking, and you know, but he said no. He said they were very upset, and he said I decided to call the sheriff's department. They come up, and from there on out, then you had all these other people seeing it and stuff. So it wasn't just three or four people. No, it wasn't. They were just the first ones. Right, the first ones, and they were they were one of the, the groups that would talk about it. But there was a lot of people that saw saw it and didn't talk about it. I talk to people all the time in the museum, yeah. older people that'll come up and they'll say, you know, we saw that thing, but we never went, we never told anybody because we thought everybody think we were all crazy and stuff. Well, and, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's one of the things people hesitate to share an encounter because they right. think they'll be belittled. Well, yeah, and this was in the mid 60s too. <laughs> yeah. You know, now, you know, you see stuff on Facebook every day, people, they seem to welcome all the attention, you know? Right, but in the 60s, you know, people were, were more serious about their careers. Exactly, and, like and, and their businesses, yeah. too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you start reporting seeing a winged humanoid, yeah, yeah. people will think that you're, you're doing yeah. drugs. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it has changed a lot, and, and, yeah. and uh, people are more inclined to report stuff, even if, like they just guess it's about right. to be something. Right, yeah. But there just seems to me, all the accounts I've heard and all the reading I've done on it, that there was something oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the no way. doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, you, you know, the people that you talk to that say, well, you know, I don't believe it's them all. But you'll ask them, say, do you think they, they did see something? And they're like, yeah, no doubt in my mind. You know, so that's, that's a common thing right there. Something was going on. You know, the UFO stuff, you know, back here in the 60s, you know, Gary Northup told me, he said, I'd go up there every night up at the interior and watch them lights just appear and then disappear with no sound at all. Every night, he said it was just a common thing. There's a gas plant out there where I live. Mm -hmm. And numerous times over the years, people have reported yeah. seeing lights yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and there was always rumors that since this was during Vietnam, the military was here running maneuvers and experimenting with stealth technology and stuff like that. You know. and, and again, it's what we talked about. And you, you don't know. hear about it until 50 years later. Right. Well, of course not, because they're not going to release anything they're actually using. I know, but watch the news now. Yeah, now there's something. <laughs> well, you know, maybe they yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and what gets me, it's just like science has belittled home remedies. Yeah. For Right. Years. Yeah, yeah. Made fun of old uh, old wives of cures, right? Yeah. And uh, then they discovered aspirin. Yeah. And aspirin is really what is in willow bark tea. Yeah. Which is what all these old wives used yeah. to brew for you when you felt bad. Yeah, yeah. And I've had health professionals tell me, aspirin's the miracle drug. Yeah. You take it, yeah, you don't know why, it just goes where the pain is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I go, oh, yeah, you've been making fun of these people. And it, it's hard to tell how many people were burned at the stake just because they figured out how it did work. Yeah, you know? different so, time, yeah. So misunderstanding and stuff like that hmm. uh, is, is crazy. But uh, I don't think broad-range people will believe. It's like I, I've used the example uh, with, uh, with Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. When we have uh, a family of Bigfoot living in the Columbus suit, then most people will believe they exist. Right, right. But until that point, people have the luxury of just ignoring it. Yeah. And then other people have the luxury of indulging it, too. Yeah. Who knows, 20, 30 years from now, it might be the case. Yeah. Know? 
and we might find out that we were the silly ones all along. Sort of like Planet of the Apes, you know? Yes. When, <laughs> when they start talking and they're like, you know, yeah, they can talk. Oh my God, yes. Well, you know, Charlton Heston talked and they couldn't believe it and then, you know, the apes talked. Exactly, and yeah. the, I guess it's, it's kind of your, your frame of reference and perspective. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the, you know, you, I'll, I'll go along with uh, the fact that the brain does play tricks on you mm -hmm. and people get excited. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, yeah. but like I mentioned earlier, that only goes so far. If they just got startled by a really big bird that hit their car, by the time they got back to town, maybe the, at the time, right. maybe the girls will sip and shook up, but the guy's been laughing about yeah, that by right, that time. Right. You know. Well, they don't, you know, they won't talk about it. Even to this day, I, you know, Roger Scarberry, I've tried to, I've contacted him, but he just, he just don't want to talk about it. And then the others still live here in Point, and they, they won't talk about it. They admit they saw it. They just said, we saw it, but we're not going to talk about it. Well, a lot of people don't want it. Yeah, they just don't want the attention, you know, which is, that's understandable. And see, that's the thing about uh, something along this line, a cryptid. Uh, you can assume that a cryptid does or doesn't exist, but if you've seen it, you know it exists. Right, right. And uh, you know, the fact that people can't change your mind is, is totally reasonable mm -hmm. to me. Right, right. So... What do you think about uh, the human race's habit of, of just ignoring things until it's right up in their face? Well, I just think a lot of it is just uh, they don't want to admit they're wrong sometimes. I mean, you know, I, I still don't know what these people saw or encountered. I know that it shook them up, you know, got to the point where they didn't want to talk about it. Um, you know, it didn't help the, you know, the men in black stuff going on, you know, people coming no. to their houses and telling them to be quiet and not talk about it, things like that. Yes, so you have a lot of other elements in and there. And that's actually been documented. Yeah, my, my own mother saw the men in black here when all that was going on. She described them just like what we have in the museum. And, uh, you know, Mary Heyer, who was the local newspaper reporter, mm -hmm. told John Keel that they're coming into her office and pretty much threatening her. You know, telling her not to put the stuff in the newspapers and everything. And uh, the funny thing is, my mom said, you know, her and my dad both saw these people during when that was going on. And when I asked her, I said, well, where did you see them at? And her answer was, they're always standing in front of Mary Hire's newspaper office. <laughs> so when she told me that, I thought, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I would have been in trouble because I'd have had to pick a fight yeah. with them. This, this, this was after two books that I've written, too. She didn't, never told me any of this stuff until she seen the mannequin in the museum. Yeah, well, see, that's another good thing, too, that some of the people might not know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I know uh, I, I've seen you on, on several of the paranormal shows, so you, you've done that. And you spoke about the museum and Mothman and everything else, mm -hmm. and you just mentioned books. Mm -hmm. So what do you have out that people could... Well, the first book uh, is Facts Behind the Legend. That was 2001. Mm -hmm. And then in 2005, uh, Behind the Red Eyes. And those are all documentary-style books, newspaper clippings, interviews, police reports, a, a lot of archives. Um, nothing fictional. Nothing's been changed. All the interviews are word for word from what, you know, I recorded them like the way you're doing Right, yes. I didn't change anything, didn't add anything, didn't take anything away. Right. You See, know. And, and that, of course, is, is the job of a reporter. Right. Is uh, you don't, uh, don't no, give, no, no. give people words, report their no. words. And I think that's why those books have done well is because people can decide for themselves. I'm not, I always tell everybody I'm not in the business of trying 
to convince anybody of anything. I'm just was lucky enough to be in that position to be able to talk to those people and relay that information on. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people aren't alive now. That's you know? true, and, and it, it becomes, it, by being accurate that way, it yeah. becomes a good research it document does. for yeah. later. It does. Now, uh, I'm assuming the books are, of course, at the museum. Yeah, yeah. But where else? Yeah, they're on Amazon, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of bookstores have them and stuff. So. Yeah, so it's, it's, somebody couldn't make it to the festival, right, yeah. Yeah, they could order that and read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of books, I mean, of course, obviously one of the most uh, notable accounts was when John Keel did yeah. this, uh, The Mothman Prophecies. Uh, did you personally know John Keel? I did. I mean, not real well, but before he passed away, a few years before he passed away, um, when he came to Point Pleasant, I was able to meet him, talk to him, and I had to also work with him a little bit when I worked on my second book because okay. his name was mentioned a lot. Right. And I wanted to make sure, you know, hey, is it okay if I use this? And he was fine with everything. Well, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's you his know. intellectual property. But right, yeah, but I just I, I didn't want to use stuff like some of the the original drafts for the Mothman Prophecies book that were mailed, hand-typed and mailed to those witnesses so they could proofread them. Yes. We have them here in the museum. Those came from Linda. She kept all that stuff. So, and, and as I said before, these would be excellent uh, research documents. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, and as like I said before, a lot of people like to dig into the facts behind it and make their own right, decision. Right. And, uh, but John Keel was an investigator. He's a yes. writer, but he was curious too. You yes. know, he was good friends with um, you know Mary Hire, and uh, you know he 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 always trusted her. I mean, you know, he looked looked up to her as far as well, from her credibility I, and stuff. Yeah. Well, I was going to comment on that from everything I'd heard about her. Yeah, I, of course, obviously I didn't meet her, but right, uh, she's a very ethical yeah newspaper person. Yeah, people people respected her and. Um, you know, of course, she passed away just a few years after all that happened. It's, you know. See, that is another very telling thing. Mm -hmm. When you will report something along these lines that is sensational by its very nature. Yeah. And uh, basically dare people to say something about it. I know, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, I get that very protective of what I write in the paper. But right, anyway, yeah. Uh, and I do my best to always be accurate. Yeah. Uh, but, but you also have to watch who you might offend or well, this is true, or too. make mad, one yeah. of the two. Yeah, there's a difference between uh, diplomacy and then uh, just being bullied right. into right. silence. Right, right. And uh, the fact that she was being harassed by these pseudo-government agents yeah. Yeah. and still kept writing the story to get yeah. John, John Kill, he didn't think that they were government agents. He thought they were from another realm. That was his exact words, you know. So, well, you know, I've read Mothman Prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's actually a very good book. Yeah, it makes a lot of good points, uh -huh. and he draws a lot from uh, previous paranormal investigators. Yeah, and uh, he he makes some very clear arguments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. And uh, I would recommend reading the book to anybody. Yeah, well, that's the book, you know, as yeah. far as you know. I was just. A little, uh, a little disappointed that the uh, <laughs> the movie didn't get a, go as yeah. close to the book. But well, that movie it, it did open the floodgates for here. Yeah, um, I mean it wasn't a bad. Yeah, movie. no, no, it wasn't, and uh, you know, but it was it was set more modern day times, and I think people thought it was going to be more of a 
more accurate as far as the timeline yeah. and the, you know. So probably, I'm probably expected to be more of a horror movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Uh, and speaking of that, it's like uh, I watched the movie Van Helsing when it came out. Uh-huh. Very good movie. Hugh yeah. Jackman, excellent movie. Don't think it had anything to do with Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, right. or even Van Helsing. Right, but it right. was still a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody has preconceived uh, yes. notions what they're going to hit. Actually, yes, they do. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, just that you know, I, I am retired from teaching now, so I'll, I'll be able to devote all my time here. You know, it's getting to be a little too much, and then with the the escape room and the um, the golf, the museum, and the businesses, and all that will we'll pretty much be. I'll be able to focus a little more. Now, uh, of course, this would probably be of more interest if people live close. But do you accept volunteers? We do. You mean for the festival? Or? Yeah, for the festival, or just around the museum? Yeah, right? sometimes for the festival we do. We've had some some different groups come in. Again, sometimes it's hard to coordinate it when yes. you're you're out in the middle of all those people and stuff like that. But uh, we've had some youth groups come in and uh, people like that, you know, mm-hmm. that we've done. We haven't had any in the past year or so. But uh, it's just it's tricky to, to coordinate it and make sure somebody's supervising them and stuff like that. Right, so, because uh, well, yeah. you have to have supervision always. So uh, just to, to, to recap again, what days of the festival, what time does it open, when does it close? Okay. Well, it's September 16th and 17th. Yes. Um, that's that's a Saturday and Sunday. Some people come in on Friday evening and look around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Most people start getting here around ten o'clock on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Goes up. You know, we have live bands playing over there until eight eight or nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, the bulk of the crowd usually starts standing out around five or six. Mm-hmm. Then we do those hay rides too up there to at the farm museum oh, okay. on Saturday evenings, and those are usually sold out. We can only take about eight hundred people in those. Right. And then Sunday, people start showing up around 9 or 10 o'clock again. And by about 5 o'clock, it's a ghost town. You'll never, you'll never know. <laughs> it's like nothing. It's, it's, it's funny how these things Yeah, I know. Work. So many people, they just come. Yeah. And, and you'll, you'll, uh, you'll look out there, and it'll be like you're waiting for a tumbleweed to come down the street. <laughs> yeah, like, but by that time, we're all exhausted. Yeah, so. by that time, you're just thinking about going out and taking your shoes off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. As always, it's a good conversation. Okay, well, appreciate you coming. Well, thank you. This is Charles Romans, and on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual, real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility, or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadow? But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.